how should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. You knew that. You're not surprised. You can hit an empty netter, right? Right? All right. Uh, fun show today. Greg and I recap the Ottawa game, which was a hockey game. That's for sure. Talk about social media and more. Talk about Igor Shesterkin because why wouldn't we? Ryan Strom, of which we have a whole episode on BSBOT about uh, missing the net. You can go listen to now if you're a Patreon subscriber. And, uh, of course, bef- without further ado, let's welcome in the legend himself, Mark Messier, to tell you about this great podcast. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. And Greg, I must ask you to say hello, but even after that, I have to ask you about the biggest story of the day. Medina Spirit, no longer champion. Your thoughts? Wow, that happened today? Holy shit. Is that, did, it wow. happen, did it not happen today? <laughs> no, I no, I mean, I did, I, I've been so far off the interwebs. Today. Oh, I thought you legitimately would know this because we're a horse racing podcast. Wow. Wow. Stripped of Kentucky Derby victory. That's incredible. I mean, you hate well, to see here's it. how the Ranger here's how the Rangers are gonna be impacted here, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> uh, this guarantees Messier is not gonna run in the Kentucky Derby. Oh no, no. Messier? He was already eliminated yeah. though, I'm assuming. Well, it's not that he's eliminated. It's that Bob Baffert, his trainer, mm. so he will not show up. In well, I it, the real hard part for Bob Baffert, uh, who is also owns Medina Spirit, is that true? Uh, well, past tense. Medina Spirit, big dead, uh, because oh, of God. all the drugs that <laughs> Baffert put into that horse. Got it, got it. Uh, big dead. Well, he had to pay a gigantic fine, which of course was huge and probably backbreaking uh-huh. to him of seven thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> oh where's the carp tweet being like well he found it in the couch cushions it was like it was one of those times where i was like this is a carp tweet i need i need this guy to come back out of retirement just to be like wow yeah, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure messier literally just shit seventy five hundred dollars last month yeah on accident it's like i, I was reading it's like uh, do, do you know what happens with all the money that if you bet on manita spirit like you you kept the money obviously but if you got the guy the horse that now wants do you win like no, how does that so work the the way the way this works is um, only thing affected is purse money. So the owners of Medina Spirit owe money, but the gambler is not penalized for winning money on Medina Spirit. You're, Got it. You're good. Got it. But if you had the horse that actually won, do you win? As someone that once upon a time there was a horse, another fucking cheater probably, but that's fine. Right. Um, you may remember a horse by the name of Maximum Security. I do. Won the Kentucky Derby and then got controversially, not controversially, probably correctly, but controversially because I had money on Maximum Security, uh, disqualified at the at the finish line. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that day haunts my fucking memory. I'm convinced. The pandemic happened because of that Kentucky Derby. You can't, you <laughs> you can't fucking prove me wrong. The lab was actually that Kentucky Derby. Very interesting. Well, whoever was in charge of the virus had money on maximum security, thought they won, and then when the money got eliminated, they spiked something they shouldn't have spiked, and a couple months later, we had a pandemic. Man. We've had, we have a lot to talk about today uh, in in a weird way because there's not like there's not that much to in break down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remind you, mm-hmm. Ryan, that I'm still confident there will be baseball before the New York Rangers make a trade. No way. No chance. Do you think it's going to get this week? They're still in Roger Dean Stadium as we speak. I, I'm, what are they meeting for another 15 minutes? I'm sorry. Actually, uh, I think it, it literally just got out. Yeah. And they're nowhere near closer to it. <laughs> they're not close at all. They're, uh, they're, they're, if Ryan Strom misses net, Nets, I mean, I can't even imagine what the – Hey, he scored. Know. All right, okay, on well, Sunday. Listen, can you talk about the celebration that he didn't do? Uh, because immediately <laughs> he scored and you could tell he had, like, shit face on. He was like, I hate all of you. I'm not even going to celebrate. I know what you did in the tweets. I can't celebrate this one because if I celebrate it, you'll make fun of me. And I refuse to do it. Um, if you want to go back and listen, I talked about this in the intro. We have we have a social media guru mm-hmm. coming on later. Sure. Juliana is fantastic, and it's fantastic she's coming on today because I do want to talk about 
the Rangers social media video that dropped today, I have so many fucking questions quickly for it. Dryden Hunt and Keandre Miller. Uh, but I was I was confused about some of the questions they were saying, and I just had a really busy day, so I didn't get to watch like entirely. That's fine. Keandre Miller is saying the greatest movie of all time is Fury starring Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, uh, that movie is just okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's just it's, okay. It's, it's weird. It's interesting. It's different. I'll give you all of that. I don't know if it's categorically good. It's not even it, but to call it the greatest of all time. But at least that one was different. For Dryan Hunt to be there and be like, you know, I don't watch a lot of movies, but I sure did love Captain Phillips. And he's like, Yeah, I love Tom Hanks. You couldn't just say Saving Private Ryan. Like you had to say Captain Phillips. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan's Any right Tom there. Tom Hanks movie. Forrest Gump. Big. Any Toy that Story. thing you do. I don't give a shit. Captain fucking Phillips. Boy, oh boy. I guess we should talk a little bit about what's going on the ice, but could the Rangers really use someone like Cal Cutterbuck? <laughs> I, again, I... He's the king, people think People think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I fucking love Larry Brooks. I respect his game. For him to have the gall and the chutzpah to say, man, this third line, having a real t- hard time creating offense, which it is. He's not wrong. No. But then to suggest the thing that ails that third line and the cure for it is a man who probably scores the least frequent amount in the national hockey league this year in Cal Clutterbuck. It's a power move. It's, it's like, you know, when you multiply two negative numbers and you get a positive number, right? Which is, which is exactly how he got as many clicks as he wanted from every Ranger and Islander fan out there he was like how do i make rangers and islander fans click Incredible. on my article at the same time i'm a genius speaking of, speaking of, speaking of rain uh, while we're here speaking of rangers and, and islanders sure i gotta give props to the new guy at the athletic who is now just discovering that chris Kreider might be streaky yeah i've never heard of this and we've never covered it before um <laughs> it, it's <laughs> it's like it's only three games but might might have reason to be concerned <laughs> motherfucker i got 12 years can I, that can shows i, I I, I did another podcast yesterday, uh, actually a supporter of the show. you cheated on I, me? I did. This uh, Jacob, wow. he has a show called, I'll plug him real quick, New York Pangers, uh, aptly named. And uh, mm. they made a joke on the on the show when I was on. I was like, well, you know, what if Kreider, like, is, is he streaky? Like, is, is he in a slump right now? Like, who's actually going to write that? And I was like, no one's going to write that. And then, well. <laughs> uh, God bless him. But Listen, I saw three, he's, three he's, people came out I was like. Kreider's streaky right now. I was like, I don't think Ryan, so. Ryan, he's he's new. He'll get it. He'll get He'll it. Figure he's it not the out. only one I saw say that though. Yesterday, I was like, what? What is happening? How can we go three games and someone thinks Chris Kreider is like has the magic worn off? Like the Rangers. No? The Rangers scored six goals in the last three games. I'm not sure that it's not Chris we can Kreider classify score. anyone as like being in a slump. Currently. No, Chris Kreider was good the last couple of games too. He had an amazing yeah. back check, like phenomenal, where he guns down a guy. And then he played well on the power play. As always, he had a bunch of chances, and they didn't go in. It doesn't happen every single game. It's okay. Yeah, Mika Zibanejad scored a clapper on the power play, and then Artemi Panarin scored a clapper on the power play. And I got breaking news for you. Uh, Chris Kreider does most of his scoring on the power play, so if two guys are just shooting pucks 100 miles an hour at the net, it's going to be hard for Chris Kreider to tip them in. And also, uh, there has been two power plays in like two games. So Yeah, and again, Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. Yep, that's it. Hmm. How about that, Makes Ryan? you wow. think. Uh, wow. It's funny because my analysis this week is just I, this team needs to get better at 5v5. But, <laughs> but Rinse, repeat. Yeah, yeah, it's like the same shit we say every single week. I, I, hmm. I think Lafreniere had his best game as a Ranger. We got we talked a little bit about it on BSBOT last week. You can go listen to that where we also make fun of Ryan Strom missing an empty net. Uh, it's mostly just laughing. So I don't. Yeah, I don't think we make fun of Ryan Strom. Wait, that's I correct. Think it's we just the situation. Struggle to get words out of our bodies. That's, that's what happened. Yeah, and I want to make it clear. Love Ryan Strom. Do very much. Do talked about it. We talked about him as maybe the most important piece on this team. And not really wrong sometimes. Ryan Ryan Strom is sports entertainment. If you watched what happened in that shootout and you weren't tickled by it you, you, I, we need to you need to do some recalibration it's fucking hilarious it's uh it's hilarious speaking of empty nets uh, so that game entirely at least in my opinion was a, a snooze fest the ottawa game was just ottawa was missing like four of their best players they were on the second night of a back-to-back seven games in, in 11 days and the rangers kind of just like let them hang in there and then hmm. it, it was uh pretty boring for the exception of our timmy panarin snipe you know that ryan strom going was like whatever but then when igor shesterkin shoots on goal a moment that you and i and the rest of ranger fandoms has waited for for all these years he misses just left just left 
Yeah. Can I tell you why he missed, by the way? Yeah, calibration I think it's on the earth. Because I saw people that were pretty angry about this. Oh, okay. Why? I wasn't watching, and he knew I had to be watching. Oh, man. I respect him. Oh, man. I went out to dinner. I'm sorry. I forgot. I, I didn't forget the game started at five. I specifically went somewhere where I thought the game would be on, uh, and the game was very much not on there. And I didn't feel like asking someone to change the channel because NASCAR was on and there was a guy at the bar wearing a Let's Go Brandon shirt. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just in the wrong place. But the food's really good. Yeah. And it, you just, you just, you know, you're fucked at the end of the day right there. That's it. You can't change the channel. You can't change it. Um, <laughs> I refuse to get baited into this. I will not get it. All right. All right. Well, anyway, that's why Igor missed. I thought I would be able to watch the I game thought it was the gravitational pull on the earth and yeah, uh, just, no, he, he knew. He knew. He, he wanted to give me something to worry about, so he reminded me that I can't do this again, but he specifically missed because he knew that I would have to see Greg, you really didn't miss a game, my man. Like, you didn't really miss much. It was... Uh... No. Now, I saw... I, I'm, I guess we can talk about this, because I, I, I saw, I saw the, the, the timeline tweeting about it a little bit. Sure. Um, it, it seemed that two camps seemed to emerge after the end of the game. Never on Twitter. Camp, camp number one was... Um, Bad win because the Rangers should have blew these guys out. Yeah. And then camp number two was um, good teams find win ways to win bad games. I would usually be, and I, w- I want to make this super clear. I think in any other season we were covering the Rangers, I would be mm-hmm. in camp one, which is should have blown this team out, should have absolutely dominated a team that's missing a, a lot of their top-tier players, is on back-to-backs, like I said earlier, just – playing too many games, probably strained. And even though they're at home, the Rangers are just a superior team. Should have blown them out. But this is a team you and I have watched all season long, with the exception of you on Sunday. And they find a way. And it's not like they – it looks like they want to win games like this sometimes. Now, should you want to win games 5-1? to Like, of course you should want to do that. But the Rangers don't play that style. The style that they're playing is to limit high danger chances, which they did. They only had six versus the Ottawa Senators, and maybe six is, is a lot for playing against the Ottawa Senators. Who knows? But you have Igor Shosturkin back there who can prevent almost anything from happening all times. I mean, Igor, Igor really doesn't let in soft goals. It doesn't really happen. So when you play a team like the Ottawa Senators and you just kind of play your own game, they controlled the game a lot of the time, and then they let the Senators kind of back in. But the Senators' shots, when the Senators shot, shot themselves back into the game, it was all low-percentage stuff. They never really had, like, good looks outside, the, the, outside of the Tim Stutzel. And I know they, like, I think it's Stutzel? I can't, like, Sam was I, saying it all different types they, of ways. They, they changed They it. changed it all the time. Those those rascals. Yeah. Uh, and it, those, those Germans. <laughs> yeah, those rascally Germans. What are they going to do? do next? Yeah, like, what are they going to do? Gonna, are they gonna are gonna make it a trilogy? What are they doing out there? Yeah, I don't think it's them. Um, <laughs> they might be involved in in the third act. We'll see. <laughs> oh man, this podcast. But yeah, All so over the place. yeah, uh, I I think I usually I'd be in that first camp, Greg. But I just seen this team win win night in night out and looking like that every single time. They just continue to do it. It's a Brian, trend at some this? point. How, how about this? Sure. Why don't I lay some? This is difficult. I, I are you sitting down? Uh, yeah, I sit down when we podcast. Okay, I'm going to – remember when I used to stand up? Yeah, I remember podcast? you used to give spider updates. Man, with this podcast yeah, – Oh, my God, those way. spiders – anyway, we're getting – we're getting – Yeah, on. this is – okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay something on you, Ryan. Sure. It's called nuance. I don't know if you've heard it. No, duality doesn't exist in my life. I either feel no. one way or the other, and I can't feel – I can't That's feel it. the other one. I'm either hot That's or it. cold. Never warm. Was it <laughs> – was it a bad win for the New York Rangers? Yeah. Not necessarily, because – I do think the people in the bad win camp forget that these guys, to a certain extent, I, so I'm told, are human. And you're asking them to get the energy on a Sunday at 5 o'clock to beat the shit out of a tired Ottawa Senators team. It's very possible these guys went into that game thinking, I could play like dog shit and it won't matter because we're going to beat these guys. These guys suck. That is a thought that a professional athlete could have. Maybe they took it for granted a little bit, and maybe they realized that even when you're playing a bad team, you need to actually try to win, and that's possible. But I wouldn't say it's a bad win because they still won, which gets me to the um, good teams find a win to win bad games. That's true, though that's more along the lines of the Rangers beating the Florida Panthers 4-3 at home, right, than it is at, like, 
beating the Ottawa Senators 2-1 on the road. At the same time, I'm of the camp where I expected the New York Rangers to get a win. They did. So that's that in my eyes. Did I wish it looked better? Sure, yeah. I hope that I want them to win 8 nothing every night. That's a lot of fun for me. Um, but my expectation was two points. Done I, and done. That's what done they did. Dusted. Yeah. The, it, but they did it all while exhibiting the flaws that I've seen in this team from day one. Yes. Do, do they control the puck for long stretches of time? Sure. They don't create scoring opportunities from that puck control. It's like running offense in the NFL where you can have the ball for nine minutes. And if you settle for a field goal, it's, it's not great. Congratulations. You had the ball for nine minutes. I'm proud of you. You're not even a full score up in this game anymore because of it. So it's a team that once again has a great goalie. Igor Shosturkin proves it yet again. Has a great power play. Artem Panarin proves it yet again. Has really talented players in their top six. Ryan Strom scoring at 5v5 after a nice setup from the kid Braden Schneider who thinks Rob Schneider is going to play him in a movie. I got questions about that. But it's has he seen he, he, Rob Schneider? This, like, has he seen a picture of Rob Schneider? I don't know. Bra- it, Braden Schneider a lot of has a, lot of a cut jaw, like like a diamond. You could cut your fingers on it. Have you uh-huh. seen Rob Schneider? That's my question. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, anyway, everything you could like about the New York Rangers, you saw against the Ottawa Senators, and then everything you can criticize about the New York Rangers, you saw against the Ottawa Senators. Actually, which is... Rob Schneider's jaw is pretty nice. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> incredible amazing well well done anyway the rangers need help at 5v5 we've known this for a long time and until they get help at 5v5 yes. i expect them to keep winning hockey games in the variety that they did against the ottawa senators and not how they do against the philadelphia flyers that that's it's where my mind's eye goes well they're off till thursday now and then they have a, a run of games where i think it's what 31 games in 60 days some shit like that uh, uh, I, you saw a tweet I did. It's from Hockey Stat Miner, one of the best followers from Ranger Twitter, period. End of story. Uh, hmm. it, they played the Capitals on Thursday and the Penguins on... The team they haven't played since opening night. Yeah, very strange. And the Penguins... Who NHL they, scheduling. The Penguins who they haven't played, played the Penguins, one but... time on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so, very I saw, strange. I saw... I did see a tweet today that was like, someone should remind the Rangers, or Ryan Reeves specifically, that this is the first time Tom Wilson is going to be an MSG since he ragdolled uh, MSG with fans. Since you ragdolled Panarin, and I'm just like, no, come on, it's kind of over. There's no way. It's it's kind of over now. The whole time, yeah, because the thing. Capitals aren't that. Yeah, the Capitals yeah, are they're f- good. Like, of, of if we were to rank hockey teams and put teams in certain categories, the Capitals would be in that firmly fine category, right? Where like you expect to beat them probably 52 percent of the time if you're a team like the New York Rangers, but the Capitals are probably beating the lower dredges of the league, like 55% of the time. So More they're going to, yeah, they're going to, they're going to rise up and shine and be seem like really decent. But you know, what's going to be crazy is I bet you the New York Rangers are going to forget that Alex Ovechkin likes to shoot from the left-hand circle no, and lead them completely. No, chance. On the power play. no, no teams do that anymore. Very strange. No. Uh, no. My question to you, Gregory is my answer. Uh, Thursday is Capitals, Saturday is the Penguins, and Sunday is the Canucks. Which games does Georgiev start, if any? Should be the Canucks. So I bring this up because Galan has Glant has been uh, starting Georgiev before Igor almost always, and I, maybe that's because he think he looks at the two points as just the two points, no matter what. So I could see a situation where Georgiev starts the game on the road Saturday at the Penguins. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, yeah, it's. It's just the wrong mindset. We've talked about this before where the mindset is you 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 start Georgiev in front of the fresh team because you shouldn't need a fresh team to win with Igor Shosturkin, right? That that's that's the logic the coach is using in order to stack his goalies, which is fine, but it's it's assuming that you're going into that second game with a point or two already instead of trying to give yourself the best option of going into the second night of a back-to-back with points stacked. And if you want to give yourself the best chance, you play your better goalie the first night. And then you hope your team is able to perform the second night because it doesn't matter how many pucks Igor Shosturkin stops. If you're unable to score, you're not going to win anyway. So win the first night and worry about the second night when you get to the second night, especially in the regular season. It's this simple. You got to win the game that you're playing before you can worry about the game you have to play. 
Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty excited for the Devils and the Penguins game. I think they're going to be good tests for this New York Rangers squad. Devils. That's the Devils. That's the Capitals. I said Devils. Oh they meant wow. Capitals. Oh wow. Capitals. Penguins. They are the Devil. Is that what you meant? That's what I meant. Tom Wilson is right there, uh, arms mm. arms wide open, uh, on the bench screaming at me. Uh, all right, that's it for, for that's it for schedule talk. That's been an episode of schedule talk. Uh, very fun. Wow. Uh, I don't know what else I, I can say about that Ottawa Center game other than it was super boring, and I hope Igor gets a goal uh, scored. And we haven't done any trade talk, but I have to tell you, there's like literally no trade rumors right now, especially with the New York Rangers. And I'm not it's, sure. It's like everyone's waiting for the Dallas Stars to figure their shit out. That's really where we, where we land. Trades. It's I want Joe Pavelski the most out of anybody out there. You want You're him welcome. the same. Um, yeah. You started that trend. I did. Full credit to you. Uh, yeah, but once right. the once Cite the once the <laughs> I did once the Dallas Stars uh, decide what the hell they're going to do, I think the Rangers will move. You'll see other teams talking about like they're not going to trade JT Miller. I, I think that's a lie. I think they're uh, the Arizona Coyotes came out today and said they're not tra- trading Jacob Chikrin. I also believe that's a lie. And just telling teams to step up and, and give it, give them their real offers. Uh, it's it's to me, and I know we said this, so silly that the trade deadline is so far away. We're a month away. A month. Uh, th- I think it's technically three weeks. Technically. 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 It's still uh, going to count. Yeah, it's three weeks. All right. Three weeks away. I can't count. That's uh, hard on me. Uh, mm-hmm. And in this situation, like, it just, it should just be this week. It should just be, let's just end it. Let's get it over with. Let's get these trades done. Because we know, we know this, this is not going to happen until the last day. Ryan, I got breaking news for you. Hit me. Uh, I think it's an actual month away. Oh, no. It's, it's you that I, can't count? Yeah, yeah, I forgot. It's it is March twenty first. I just that's went. Right. I, I went twenty first and twenty first. That's what I did. And I yeah, was like, oh, yeah, shit, no, you're you're right. I uh, jokes on me. Okay, my brain started being like, well, there's no way they'd make the trade deadline during March Madness. So we did this. They'd yeah, make we it did the week this before. Mm-hmm. And then my brain was like, well, Greg's smart, so that has to be the right answer. It's not the twenty first. It's the fourteenth. No, no, motherfucker, it's the twenty first. My bad. My bad. Gave the NHL too much credit. That's on me. Yeah, a month, dude. I can't do this for yeah, another month. Yeah, there'll be baseball before the Rangers make a trade. I'm telling you. Blah. All right. Um, any other there, time? At least baseball's talking, Ryan. Like, I, <laughs> you just said there's no fucking trade rumors. The Coyotes traded away a defenseman for a man who the <laughs> – They the traded a defenseman for a man they could have had for free. Yes. Yes. And that man – and then the Leafs, one of the two players they got – they tried to pass it through waivers, and the Sharks were like, nah, mine. It so, was a salary cut trade. That's it. Nick Ritchie was uh, the Well, I, I do signing. think I, – I don't know his name. I'm going to say it's Labushkin. Sure. Because that's what it looks like. There are a lot of Y's and U's and Ishkins in there. So let's go with Labushkin. He's a solid shutdown defenseman, which is what the Toronto Maple Leafs need because it's not like they need to generate more offense, right? They, mm-hmm. need, they need to field some players who can stop the puck from going in the net. And they don't have a goaltender like uh, Igor Shosturkin. It was very cute the couple weeks they thought Jack Campbell was going to be a Vesna-winning goalie. Very adorable. But it's a fine trade. It's a fine trade for um, both teams in my eyes. The Leafs got a piece they really needed. The Coyotes got somehow more draft picks. And they might be able to flip Nick Ritchie for something else if they really wanted to. Because, again, teams like the New York Rangers exist that think Nick Ritchie is actually good. All right, we got 15 minutes to do some five-star questions, and we have a, a ton of them. If you want to leave a five-star question on Patreon, you can. We will read some of them on the show. Uh, this first one's from Drew. Drew's Way. You both get recognized a fair amount now that with the great work you've done over the years. What's the weirdest and funniest interaction you've had with a fan who recognized you in real life? Oh, man. I don't know if I've had funny I mean, ones. Mine's, <laughs> mine's easy. I was at um, – I think I've told this story on the podcast. Went to a Mets-Braves doubleheader last June mm-hmm. with our buddy Ryman and his wife. And it sat through 14 innings of bad Mets baseball just for in the bottom of the seventh of game two. Someone sitting in front of me turned around and go, I'm sorry, I have to ask. Are you Greg Kaplan? That's so weird. Because you sound like Greg That's Kaplan. That's so strange, I was, man. Like, I was like, what? Is that a fucking Met game in June? I sent out. That that one, I the fact that I have witnesses is the best part of it. I sent out uh, an intro email because I got put in a new position about two months ago, and I posted this on Twitter, but I just said, hey, I'll be your new account manager, and three different people responded back, praise be. It's like, cool, cool, <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> this is not good. All right, uh, this is from Seamus. How much does Drury use of this ridiculous cap space at his disposal to make things happen slash recoup assets? I actually don't think he uses all of it. I don't think he can. It's not even possible. I don't think – well, the – the only way that a team in the position of the New York Rangers is in a position to recoup assets, right? 
it he can use his cap space to limit his price on a Phil Kessel, where he's not giving up a third round pick. He's giving up a fifth round pick because he's the one team in the NHL that doesn't need to eat money in order to bring that player in. But it's not like they're not in the position the Coyotes are, where the Coyotes just took dead weight for draft picks because the Rangers teams don't teams that are good can use those expiring contracts and trades with bad teams to get good players, right? They're not going to send them to the Rangers with a second round pick attached just to get them off their books. When you only have one year left on your deal, the Rangers or one year left on your deal, a bad team will happily take that contract because it, they're just not going to have to pay that guy next year. So the time to do it would have been in the off season when teams needed to move money in order to sign other players. But now the Rangers' financial muscle only comes into play on a Phil Kessel, a guy that they can get for slightly less. They're not going to be able to, they're not going to do the wrist aligning trade, right? Where they, or not wrist aligning, but like Andrew Ladd, where the Islanders were desperate to move Ladd, so they attached picks to him. Th- those deals don't happen. The Rangers can't afford to make those deals because they don't have cap space next year. They have cap space for this year and this year alone. That's so it. the Rangers can't take on dead weight for next year. Bradley asks, uh, since the owners have killed baseball in cold blood, some of the Mets have... They're going to be back before the Rangers make it. Some of the Mets players have decided to join the Rangers. Greg, you have the floor. Who should play what position? I'll I'll give you three. You'll give me three? Yeah, I don't want to spend... We can do this This as a whole OT podcast. I think James McCann is a perfectly fine backup goalie. Um, I wouldn't trust him to do fucking anything else, but I think he can do that. I think Lieber Hyatt could play baseball. He could catch. Belly. Okay, but you're going the wrong way. Baseball <laughs> okay. doesn't exist there, big guy. Okay. I, I'm not sure he can. He can't really play hockey. And you want to try him at another sport? You could probably get the um, contract. Who couldn't these days? I think Starling Marte could be a really interesting, like, winger. Agreed. Uh, and I think uh, Francisco Lindor could do whatever. Uh, not Lindor. Yeah, Lindor. Wow. Wow, that was good. Boy, it's been a uh, long Francisco time. Lindor could do anything he wanted. I, I, you can't tell me that guy can't be Panarin. He could definitely be Panarin. Filthy Horvat asks, and this this question is so easy for me and it might piss some people off. Uh, if you can only have one of Valley or Hank as a full-time MSG analyst, no guest spots from Hank or Valley, who's your guy? It's Valley. It's not close. It's not close. Yeah. I, it's not a knock on Hank. I just, listen, Valley is. Have like you seen Valley's them. sports Emmys? He's a <laughs> god at what he does. I don't, you know, he's just so good at it. No one explains. Yeah, we keep saying that. We got to double check. Does Michael K got any sports Emmys? I don't know. I'm sure he does. Yeah, so, I don't know. A lot of okay. nice things we can say okay. about Valley, but maybe not that one. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, this is from CJ. I think most people consider Barry Trotz the best coach in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about it in the podcast. While it's probable that the season that the NYI, uh, NYI is having is an anomaly, still exists, do you think Mike Sullivan doesn't get enough credit for what he's done with the Penguins every season since he's gotten there? Also, should he be given uh, serious consideration for the best coach in the league? I'll tell you this, CJ. Uh, no, because Mike Sullivan has Sidney Crosby and that makes a world of difference. You could see like Bill Belichick was one of the greatest coaches for a very long time, but as soon as he loses Tom Brady, what happens? Barry Trotz doesn't have that kind of talent on his team. That's just not the case. He just, his system works and makes it great. Or Mike Sullivan, I'm not uh, saying Mike Sullivan's a bad coach. He just has the talent that takes over as well. I do think, I, I think that argument is why we need to give Mike Sullivan a little bit more credit here. Because, yes, he has Sidney Crosby, but it's not like Crosby was healthy in Crosby to start this year, and Penguins have been more than fine. That's true. There's good development on that team as well. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Sullivan deserves more credit, but I think Sullivan is also a little bit like John Cooper, where the organization is run a certain way that Mike Sullivan is the perfect guy for that team, and you – where Barry Trotz, you put Barry Trotz on any team, I'm pretty sure that team's going to be successful. I'm not as confident that if you take Sullivan or Cooper away from the Penguins or Lightning that they're this successful. So it, I, I, I think you're in a spot where you have the perfect coach running the perfect system in the perfect organization, and you, you mess one thing up there, and I think it doesn't look as right as it should. This is from Pure... But I do think he deserves more credit. Fair. Pure Gut says, should Gallant... Oh man, I'm gonna 
One day I'll get it. Galant- speaking of speaking of crazy things that happened this year, ESPN said it on one broadcast. I made a big fucking deal about it, and now we have to worry about it all the fucking time. It's crazy. I, and, and he just came out and he goes, "Actually, it's Galant," but I never really said anything. Psycho. Yeah, ES- I just ESPN Psycho. said it one day, and everyone was like, "I didn't hear it," and I was like, "I fucking heard it." Vince asked him, and then Vince asked him, <laughs> and now we live in this world. <laughs> We, we this have, podcast is Ryan, weird, we man. have powers. Uh, we, have, we have weird powers. Sure, guys ask, should Gallant be going to three lines more often in games to help jumpstart the top six, especially early in games with the slow starts? Uh, what are your thoughts on the stagnant first periods all year? I don't think there's any chance he ever goes to three lines. He loves that fourth line, no matter what happens. Greg McKagan yeah, and Reeves are his guys. The problem the problem isn't that the like jumpstarting the team isn't the Rangers tiring out their top six like that's just going to come back to bite you later on in the game the problem is the new york rangers don't have a third line that's the problem that it's it's been a problem all year and part of that problem is due to the fact that the new york rangers have been playing a man short in the top six all year long so it's it's a conclave of issues that are coming to a head or have came to a head and are causing the new york rangers to play closer games than they should because this team isn't as this team isn't shallow, but it's not as deep as it should be because the third line, for whatever reason, isn't producing. Well, That's the third it. line was supposed to have you know younger players on it, and then that didn't really happen. Yeah, and no, no, it, it, I mean it is happening. Philip Hedl isn't playing the way we expected Philip Hedl to play this year. Julian Gauthier, as much as we love him, um, Philip Hedl and Julian. <laughs> I mean, I love him. I don't. <laughs> that guy cracks me the fuck. He up. sports entertains me. But as a hockey player, yes. I don't, I do not like it. When he touches the puck, yeah, I do laugh. Who, who on the third line is supposed to carry the scoring? Heedle? Isn't that it. a little unfair? It is unfair. Or, haven't we said that's a little unfair? Like I get criticized for saying Philip Heedle isn't the the guy the New York Rangers need him to be this year. He's not, and it's clear because look at the third line. But like, also he shouldn't have to be. I think that's part of the problem. They're just they're a line short. And if you get a Phil Kessel and you're playing him next to Phil Heedle. Maybe your third line starts producing a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, this is from Eric. Uh, why do I keep forgetting that Dryden Hunt is on the Rangers? I'll be listening to a game, hear them say his name, and I'll go, oh, yeah, he's here every single game. Has he been the most forgettable player in recent history? Forgettable? No. no. You forget about him because he hasn't scored in 24 games. That's why you forget about him. Uh, but the most forgettable? No. Um, I it's hard to think of like the most forgettable because they're that for a reason. Well, you know, it, it, it's going to sound funny coming out of my mouth, but you give it two years after he leaves his team and it'll be him. We're going to forget that Kevin Rooney was a Ranger for multiple years. Yeah, we will. That's, yeah. that's a lock. Yeah. I, again, leader of the fan club, biggest fan in the world, but we're going to think back on Kevin Rooney's tenure with the New York Rangers and go, he was, Kevin Rooney? He was here for how fucking Who? long? <laughs> Why? Wait, they kept him. They protected him in the draft. They did. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. But like, I've forgotten until these segments, when you say the draft, I forget Colin Blackwell was a New York Ranger. Yeah. Legend. I mean, I don't forget Colin Blackwell. Cause he had, he had quite the, the, the spurt there with, especially with Panarin mm-hmm. and Strom. but you know what I forget all the time? Yes. For fast. Who's that guy? Huh? I'm kidding, everybody. I miss him dearly. $2 million, by the way. Very cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of this list, this is from Empty Net Greater Than Ryan Strom. Out of this list, Carolina, Colorado, Vegas, Florida, Toronto. Who rebuilds if they don't win the cup this year? I would love to see the Hurricanes rebuild so they don't have to hear about them anymore. I have the answer, and it's nobody. Yeah. All those yeah, teams all are fun. around to stay. Uh, they are good squads that are not going. I'll anywhere. say, I'll say that it, the like if anybody retools even a little bit, it's Carolina just they because Trocheck might not come back. They have money and they, they and they'll sign somebody. They're Carolina is a good organization. They have a great coach, uh, mm-hmm. and they're very analytic friendly, and they find value everywhere. It's it's annoying. Uh, bet. Yeah, but like if if like I I would consider Vincent Trocheck leaving a big move, but I would also expect. Hurricanes to immediately replace it. This is an interesting question from CTV19. If you don't want to go over hypotheticals, I get it. But how much different is this team if the Rangers take Wallstrom instead of Kravtsov? I don't think that much. They probably have like a little bit more 5v5 scoring, but it's not like Wallstrom is lighting it up either. He's a pure scorer. He never passes the puck. I think he has zero assists on the year. Don't please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but obviously Kravtsov is a net nothing here. But I, I, I'm assuming Gallant, Gallant would have uh, a lot of issues with Wallstrom's play just like Trotz has. 
do, do, do Oliver Wallstrom stats because there I like correcting go. you when you are wrong. Yep. Uh, he's got nine assists this year oh, to go nine, along with 10 it, goals. Oh, man. Never mind. This team would be a cup contender. I'm telling you. I mean, if we draft uh, Wallstrom. Okay, go on. Yeah, no, I don't know. Because nine? Here's the thing. Like, how much can you, could you guarantee me that Wallstrom's trajectory? I get he doesn't go to Russia necessarily. But Wallstrom doesn't seem like the kind of guy either that if the Rangers tried to demote him to Hartford at the end of training camp, that he would have very much liked that. So it's very possible it ends the exact same way because Wallstrom might have asked the Rangers to get the fuck out. So I I, I don't know. This, this one, you, you, the hypothetical here is assuming the relationship with Wallstrom is great and good, and I don't have any real history to say that that's definitely what would have happened. Yeah, I, I think this team, obviously, listen, if Kravstov ended up staying, I think he maybe becomes the right winger we needed and maybe plays in the top six a lot, especially now with Kapokako out. Just we'll never really know, uh, unfortunately. Blue Shirts Bartender asks, wonder if you guys agree with a theory I very much believe in. I think the reason that Kreider isn't the captain is because he's such an incredible human that he doesn't want to mm-hmm. elevate himself or above any of his teammates. He wants to lift the Stanley Cup as equals, having won it together. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's not really uh, – I don't think this is too much of a theory, mostly because I think you, you, if you look at Vince, he's written about this before, and other other, uh, other beats have talked about it as well. Kreider doesn't give himself credit ever, period. End of story. It's never his accomplishment. It's always everyone else's. And Kreider, uh, while he does is a man of many talents, uh, he does like to promote everyone else. And that's not a surprise to me. I'm sure that that could be something that happened. Or the Rangers are waiting to give it to Adam Fox. One of those two. Um, I think. I think at this point we know, right? I think Gallant went to the team and said, "Hey, who do you think should be the captain?" And everyone kind of loves each other, and it's Kumbaya. And everyone said, "As long as you give Barclay Goodrow an A, we're good." <laughs> hey, Hank. Nice to meet you. All right. <laughs> um, I think that's it for uh, five star questions. I might miss one or two, but some people gave multiples, so that's okay. Well, I did see one of the five-star questions was, do you think the Rangers should put a claim in for uh, Dzingel? And I have to say that don't matter. There you go. I skipped that one because <laughs> it doesn't matter. There you go. All right. Uh, we're going to go to our guest now, uh, Juliana, and we'll be right back. Transition. Okay, get to finally talk about HelloFresh. After all these years of actually being a HelloFresh customer myself, I get to tell you about HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get the convenience of uh, without skipping out on the quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in long lines and ensuring you don't waste money on excess food. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes and low prep and easy cleanup options, provide you an even faster route to putting food on the table. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than restaurant meals and about the same and about the same quality. And if you could save on that average over $65 per month when you order, order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping, that is money back in your pocket. HelloFresh about me, you ask? My wife and I, we have a binder full of recipes where we rate them 1 to 100. We are very critical. And uh, some of our favorites are pub-style home shepherd's pie and home-style chicken biscuit pot pie. You may be seeing a trend there, but even last week, we made one that was really amazing called One Pot Faux-style beef meatball soup. Just a lovely dish and meal. We keep the binders on the... We, we go back to the recipes. It is super fun. I've learned to cook a lot. My cooking has gone from not so great to pretty good, thanks to HelloFresh, and I really appreciate that about them. So if you'd like, you should, you should go to hellofresh.com slash blueshirts16 and use the codes blueshirts16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's right. Go to hellofresh.com slash blueshirts16 and use the code blueshirts16. You get it? Blueshirts16 to offer our, get our promo code. It's highly encouraged to go there. It is America's number one meal kit. All right, back to the show. Hey, we're back. We have Juliana Nakash. She is a social media expert, formerly of the Nuggets, and now of a Philadelphia sports team. Juliana, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time Shut now, up. so oh, yeah, you me, I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. That's crazy. I always get uh, I, really upset I got, No, I don't believe you. I don't think you have. Don't quiz her. That's yeah, rude. <laughs> Are you calling me a liar? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that you, you seem smart, and I don't want to say you do something unsmart, but 
No okay, way. Please. All right, let, let's get right to the nitty gritty. Uh, you you obviously worked in social media for some big teams right away. Um, how many podcasts would you say when you were at the Nuggets you hated? <laughs> Honestly, not a single one. I gotta what be the honest. Fuck? All right, let's try again. When you were any social media account you've ever run, you were like, actually, send an email out to everybody saying we hate this podcast. You never did that. Um, I mean, I'd probably get fired if I did. Okay. So, okay. And I, I want my job. So like, no. <laughs> okay. I'm just taking some notes real quick. All right. That was, that was weird when that happened to us. Okay. All right. So now that we've moved on from there, talk about, um, a little bit. That was a, that was a journalist cue, by the way, when I said talk about that was super good. Yeah. I that just, was very journalist. Super good. Yeah. Super I know, good. but actually Ryan, if you were in the journalism program at Marist college, who now disown us. I wasn't. Of, I was a psychology, that psychology major. Uh, they would tell you that talk about is a bad question. Cause it's not a question. Hey, Go do you want to talk about getting into social media and what that process was like for you? <laughs> So, I mean, my process is kind of different than other people's. I have always been into social media. I was a competitive cheerleader growing up, and I actually ran an anonymous cheer account when I was like 14 years old that eventually had like almost 10,000 followers. Um, nobody knew it was me. I was just the one running it. I tweeted out updates at cheer competitions. And when I was deciding what to do, I was like, you know what? This is a lot of fun. Like, think I want to go into this and obviously from the time I was 14 to the time I was in college things had changed a lot in terms of social media and I didn't realize there was so much strategy around it and I've always wanted to work in sports as well that's been something huge for me from the time I was a kid um so yeah that's kind of how I decided my path was I like sports and I like social media and why not just go into it if i had success in the past i'm sure i'll have success like having it as an actual job so right right well <laughs> let 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 how about how about we explore that a little bit then because you started your social media career with probably one of the three most popular and or successful media platforms in the nhl which is the predators how has the landscape of nhl social media in your eyes changed since you started with them because that was a couple of years ago at this point um, I mean, I was actually in the NWHL, not the NHL. I wish I was oh. in the NHL at 19. Fair. Plus two. Well, that's me doing bad research. That's good podcasting, Greg. Thank you, Greg. No, well okay. done. Question stands. Um, <laughs> I mean, this question is still good. I feel like the weird thing about social media and why it's actually such a fun job is that it's ever-changing. It can change from tonight to tomorrow. I even know just working in it for the short period of time I have in the last four years that all of the platforms have changed, you know, Instagram's now owned by Facebook or meta or whatever you want to call it. And Twitter is still Twitter. Twitter's always been Twitter and you have new and emerging platforms and the way that you do things is always going to change. What you could post on Instagram three years ago is not how you can post. Now people taking screenshots of like blurry highlight plays so that they can get the most engagement or something like that. It's it's always changing. And I think that's what's so fun is you have to stay on top of it and it keeps you on your toes. Um, and the way that people interact is changing as well. There are more bots in Instagram comments than I've ever seen before asking you if you want to pay $500,000 or some crap like that to pay off your student loans or your debt, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, and yeah, like, because it definitely is more than $500,000, right? That's what you're saying. Right. That's the stupid yes. part about it. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure. <laughs> exactly. And then like, you know, you got random, you know, porn bots in the comments, like commenting random words with misspellings galore. It's, it's so much fun to manage. I will tell you that. Um, but yeah, it's much better I, by the way. No one yells at me and everyone's nice. <laughs> I mean, it's, I do have to say I enjoy the bot comments sometimes because they're very entertaining. I won't lie. Um, but yeah, I would say that's been the most fun part about it and the most interesting part about it starting, you know, four years ago when I really got into it. And I think it'll keep me, you know, on my toes and in this industry, sports specifically for at least the next like 10 years or something. So are you... Are you tired of explaining to people that you're not actually an intern the team is allowing run its Twitter page? I, I have to say, I have 
I'm a person with a lot of pet peeves, but in terms of working in social media, I don't think anything bothers me more than when people comment and are like, oh, you really kept the Twitter intern like busy today or the Twitter intern was bored. It's like, I literally get paid a salary to do this job and I'm 20, almost 24. I mean, so when you were at the Nuggets, obviously that's, uh, when you were there, was there anything to surprise you? Like, hey, I couldn't post this. Was there any time where you were like, that was actually not so good? What was like a difficult time when you were at like these Nuggets places before you even get, went to the Phillies? Uh, the most difficult thing about working in sports is when you're losing, right? Or if you have a player. <laughs> Back tomorrow. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. All right. Um, it's hard when you're losing or when a player gets injured. And two weeks into my tenure with the Nuggets, Jamal Murray tore his ACL. Oh. Um, I thought you were going to say something was, else about Jamal, Jamal Murray, but that's okay. Uh, no, I'm, and I'm not going to discuss it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Moving on. And that was that was honestly really hard because, and I felt terrible because I have like, if if anybody knows me personally, I have the worst luck of all time, and like that was my first night tweeting, um, and he tore his ACL after coming back from a meniscus injury. So I, first of all, felt terrible i was like i somehow caused this i know i did there's no way i didn't and then second when something happens like that and you're already losing in the game and then you know your second best player on the team goes down it's just demoralizing and you don't really know what else to do after that and that's when it's hard to like come up with content ideas come up with how you're going to post things what you're going to do after that happens because it literally just ruins the vibes it's terrible and you know the nuggets were a top team in the west last year and honestly probably would have went to either the western conference final or the nba final they had, a chance, had not absolutely. gotten hurt yeah so and you said you're with the phillies now <laughs> uh, i know i know how much that made you mad i know no 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 but see though you you're winning me back by saying you feel like the unluckiest person in the world this is good oh my I just want- God. This is so good. now, so now, now I'm buying in. Now I'm starting to understand a little bit. No, but, but seriously, so the you, you talked about the bad moments, but just how how sweet are the good moments when you're running the team social media account? Like, how fun is it when you know the the eating is good for everybody involved? It feels like you're. This is probably just a really cheesy way to say it, but it feels like you're on top of the world. Like you feel like you have such an impact on who you're talking to in terms of what you're putting out on social media. One of my favorite parts about working in social media is the community aspect, you know, creating a community of people who interact with you on a daily basis, engaging with a fan base. And when those moments happen, they, you feel like it's almost like a euphoria or high in some sense. It just, it feels so good and like when Nikola Jokic won MVP last year um it just felt so good to like post all that content knowing we had an MVP on our team and also seeing all the responses that we got from people about our content like you know how people go in their replies and they're like that's such a win admin good tweet admin or stuff like that it like feels cool when that happens you feel special almost and the hard work and all the long hours because we work a ton of hours really pays off when those moments do happen so let's talk about uh, game theory with the social media because this is where i really get to the nitty-gritty uh how fun can you actually be when you run a social media account like how far can you really push it because you, you, obviously you can't like do anything lewd or excessive like you can't do anything like we would me or greg would do on the on twitter.com <laughs> but uh you but how far can you really push it like you couldn't put out a mean tweets video i'm sure that would be really weird oh I mean, it depends on who you work for, because honestly, um, every team is different. Some teams are more conservative about how they view social media than others. Some teams are way more lax about social media. Um, You know, when if I'm comparing NBA teams like you see a team like the Knicks or the Lakers and they have, you know, this long history and they want to be super professional, which that's definitely for them that works for them. But then you see a team like the Memphis Grizzlies who have gained so much traction this year, not just by being good, 
but the way that they engage on social media. So it really depends on A, the fan base, B, the organization, and C, the people who are themselves like running the team's social media because it's definitely going to change from team to team. I think some teams can get away with posting mean tweet videos. Um, I would like to see them more. <clears throat> Uh, but yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. They they weren't trashed at all. It's totally fine. And we've been, uh, we've been waiting for it for a while now. I want it. Well, well we, got, we got some. Rob how about how about I, this? Is my question. Do you? You're obviously big reason why you're here. Not just we admire your work on social media, but you're a big Ranger fan. Do you see stuff like Igor Shosturkin pretending not to know English at very convenient times and find yourself going, "Oh man, I can do seven things with that right now." Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, anything I see in terms of um, whether it's in baseball, now basketball, now that I'm not working in it, football, anytime I see things like that, I'm like thinking about all the content ideas and all like the social media posts that I could do in my mind. That's just like how my brain works. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this could be such a funny like spin on things or you could make such a big thing out of this. Um, I mean, you see what the Hurricanes did with the whole Brad Marsh and Vincent Trocheck thing. Like, it's things like that. Did you see they made a website when they offer sheet? Yeah. Like, legendary yeah. stuff. They they trolled the hell out of Montreal fans multiple times. Oh, yeah. Oh. Literally. That's just, that is peak social media and marketing to me. Like, I love the Hurricanes' whole entire social media they, they team, crush. by the way. It's annoying. They crush they are, so hard. They're amazing. They're definitely, for me at least, like a top three team in all of the big um, team like big leagues so they are just the perfect example of how you can capitalize like you just asked Greg on like things that happen in the media or things like that it's just it's so much fun to watch and yes I think about it constantly so uh, with that being said if you could change something about New York Rangers social media do you have any opinions on that what would you change oh um <laughs> just as a fan you don't have to you don't have to be really rude about it you could just be honest <laughs> Honestly, I have to say, like, I've really liked what the Rangers are doing this season. They've taken I a step really, up. Credit to them. Yes, I definitely agree. I think they've, um, you know, every team strategy is going to change from year to year, or if it doesn't change from year to year, it's going to be minor things that are adjusted. But I think they've taken a really big step forward. I also think it helps that the team itself has really good camaraderie with one another and that they all seem to like each other and you have some big personalities on the team. All this, all the, um, all the, everything has to line up and everything has to be in a certain place for things like that to happen. So I think they're very lucky in that sense. And that's part of the reason why they can capitalize on it. But I also think that their strategy changed for the better. And that's honestly why I enjoy the Rangers social media, like more than a lot of other NHL teams this season in particular. Is there like, so yeah, I, I don't want to cut you off, Greg, but I'm going to, is there an, oh, NHL, is there an NHL team you think is like the worst at it? Um, say I don't like. <laughs> you can say the Kings. Everybody, everybody agrees it's the Kings. So if you wanted to just find the easy road here. Um. See, I know everybody in this industry, okay. so I don't like. To don't don't, I don't throw like anybody in the bus. Don't throw oh. anybody in the bus. Never mind. I take it back. I will. I promise. <laughs> I take it back. Don't do that. All right. Um. Oh, I was I was gonna I was gonna say something before Ryan really interrupt. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. I got it. This is great podcasting. Uh, to yeah, transition yeah. a little bit away from the social media game. I am curious about your just take on the Rangers this year because we all have them, and I just need to know how Juliana is feeling about the 2021-2022 New York Rangers. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, they're dragging me back in. I have not been like a true hard, diehard New York Rangers fan since they traded away Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. Um, that was kind of like, honestly, even before that. So you skipped that, like, the hard times. I understand. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just kind of started falling out of like love for fandom in that regard around that time because that's when I started really getting into my job. And in order to do my job, you have to kind of detach yourself a little bit. Right. So sense. I just decided I was like, you know what? Now's the best time to do that. Now that the Rangers are on a downward spiral, now's the best time to do that. I can detach myself and not even look back. And now I'm looking back and. Oh man, I really, there are a lot of things I like about the team this year. You know, there are also some very Rangers things that are happening that I don't like as much. Um, well, get, hit them, hit them. What are they? <laughs> what do you not like? I'm ready to roll. Um, I mean, I could talk about the use of the young players for like 12 hours. 
Um, we have I time. Think, yeah, we're I think, here for you. <laughs> I think that's not only a problem on the Rangers, though, but, like, I watched the – I know you guys are going to hate this, but I do watch the Islanders because Matthew Barzell happens to be one of my favorite players. Fine. Um, and, like, when – I don't like how Barry Trotz uses Oliver Wallstrom or Keeper Bellows, but, like, you look at the usage of Alexi Lafreniere and then Capo Caco before he got hurt, Filipino – things like that um they seem to be okay with it when it comes to defensemen for the most part but the forwards they have a hard time with and it just like doesn't make sense in my head because I'm like why are you putting Kevin Rooney on like the second line when he shouldn't be there it doesn't make any sense Kevin Rooney one Uh. one of the most forgettable people in the future uh but (laughs) It, 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 I'm with you. We could talk about Capococco and Lafreniere forever. At least Lafreniere is finally getting the first line minutes he mm-hmm. has, ho- we've hoped he'd get. I don't want to say deserves. Yep. He's had one good game there. I thought everything else has kind of been a little inconsistent for him. I think the time will come for for uh, for little Lafreniere. I don't want to call him little Lafreniere. That was bad. For Alexi, Alexi <laughs> Lafreniere moving forward. Uh, that's a nickname I do not want to stick. And, uh, and, but, but for right now, you could, I guess you could see easily, like you can't move. There's, there's two groups, right? It's Mika and Kreider. They're, they're dating. And then also, uh, Strom and Panarin, they drive together and, uh, Panarin doesn't have GPS on his phone. So Strom really has to drive (laughs) him around. He has a freaking Nokia. He has a Nokia. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So those two groups never break up. And that like, when I, when I have to explain why the kids aren't playing up there, the real reason is because those guys, they won't move. And that's up to the coach to make those differences. Yeah, definitely. And I think the other thing is that, like, and this is for Rangers fans um, at all, people and players develop at different times. Do not expect an 18, 19-year-old to come out of the draft and immediately make a huge impact. That is very rare. Please stop and lower your expectations just a little bit. And I think it's, you know, partially media fault, the media's fault as well, sensationalizing players, especially first overall picks and stuff. But not everybody is going to come right out of the gate and say, hey, I'm going to score, you know, 100 points in my second season or first season like Connor McDavid had done. Nobody's Connor McDavid except for Connor McDavid. Like, that's just not going to happen. So while I understand the frustration at some parts, there's always going to be inconsistency until, you know, they've developed more. Their body is in better shape because they're not in stages of puberty anymore, things like that. So let's uh let's take a deep breath and relax a little bit let's just hope that they don't trade for cal clutterbuck and they'll be okay i don't know i'd get like talking social media content wise i'd have a lot of fun with it though (laughs) i understand everything you're saying there but i'm happy you brought up Connor mcdavid because that did get me to thinking about something i think you are in specially tuned in to understand why do you think nhl insiders wait for actual teams to break their own news before they confirm it I, I have to say, I don't know. It bothers me. It really does bother me. I don't understand why every other league, because like you look at the NBA in particular, and like I'm just going to say it honestly here, like there were a lot of times where we found out news before it was even told to us by like our own organization. Like we would see Shams tweet it or um, Adrian Wojnarowski tweet it, and it was like, okay here's news. We're going to make a graphic now or something like that. Like, I don't understand why the NHL, like their insiders just don't say anything. And I don't know if it's because they don't actually know anything or because there's some sort of thing going on in the NHL where it's like, don't spill the beans as quickly as other leagues, but it is very interesting to me. And I, I don't know why I wish I did. Cause it really, it's something. Did Woj, did Woj ever scoop you? He must've scooped you once. <laughs> like were you were you just working all day on a graphic with the nuggets and then Woj is like they're trading two second round picks for ball ball um actually that trade was first that trade was not totally out of nowhere but it was sort of out of nowhere but what was even more interesting is when the deal got um like rejected or something like where he he, he failed his physical right with the pistons or whatever Yeah, he failed his physical. So that was even more interesting because then we had to like, we couldn't do anything about it because he had already been traded and, you know, then he got traded again. But it was just like really weird because we had put out all that content and we were like, thank you, Bull Bull, you know, uh, Uh traded Bull Bull. And then we couldn't say anything else because the trade got rejected. Very, very fun. Very wonderful. Uh, Speaking of the Rangers in general, um, where do you think they end up this year? And do you think they make uh, the run or the trade that uh, that everyone dreams of? 
Oh, um, well, it depends on which part of the fan base you're talking about the trade that everybody dreams of. Because, I guess just like... making making one trade, period, <laughs> end of story, in the next month until the trade deadline. I can't believe we're waiting that long. And then the second thing is, uh, where do you think they lose in the playoffs? First round, second <laughs> round, Easter Conference Finals or a heartbreaking finals? You tell me. Um, I I don't know where they end up. I mean, in terms of the trade, I don't... I don't know if they're going to go big or go home or who they're even going to trade for. I feel like the Rangers really do that where it's like they either shoot big or they do nothing or they do something really small. Like there's really no in between for them. I mean, at least if you look at the past, you know, three or four years, pretty much ever since the 2018 trade deadline, I feel like they just don't make those really, really small or like in the middle trades anymore. Um, But I would hope that they would get somebody like Jacob Chikrin because I love him. I think he deserves to be on a better team than he's on. Um, But I don't know. I don't know what happens to them. I think that they'll probably, it depends on who they play. I think they can make it out of the first round, but I'm, I don't think they're going to make it past that. I don't think that they have the depth needed to make it past, you know, the first or second round. I think Yes, they have, you know, Igor Shosterkin in net, and he's obviously, like, the second coming of Jesus um, behind Henrik Lundqvist. So, like, I don't... Yeah, the, the, I just, the, second, I don't... the second coming of Jesus. Yes, we all know who Jesus was, Hank, and you said second coming. <laughs> I, I don't understand why you had to correct yourself there. I mean, I was just, I was just giving context for people, that's <laughs> all. Because some people apparently think that he does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. So I'm just, you know... Nobody, nobody actually with a brain doesn't think that so we're good i'm happy you come well, you, you put the context in there that with a brain so i was re- i respect that about you i got you yeah i mean listen the three of us know that but other people don't and will argue on those aren't people for... it's just that we don't need to discuss them like, <laughs> like they're like they're like sponges yeah, we're yeah. like a, 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 an ocean sponge is a living breathing organism but is it good, good is point it really? greg good point greg thank you <laughs> <laughs> fantastic um Juliana, anything you want to, or any final questions you have for Greg for Juliana before we get let her go out of here? Um, boy, so many, but none that I will ask on this specific podcast. Good. I'll wait. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I was going to say, I don't think, uh, you know, I'm just not going to say it. I don't even want to risk it. Yep. Not worth it. All right. Oh, sounds man, good. Come on. I just, I want everyone to appreciate that moment of maturity from Greg. It's rare. It doesn't <laughs> okay. happen all the time. It is. And I don't have to bleep anything out. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll accept it. Joanna, so you, uh, let everyone know you do where people can follow you, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. My full name, Juliana Nakach. Nobody else has it. That kind of makes me feel special. Nice job. Um, don't follow my Instagram. It's private. Please only follow me on Twitter. Um, if you... If you are not a, a Mets fan, follow at Phillies on all social media channels. But I now know you're testing me. You're really, you're really trying. You can. I was just, I just applauded myself for being mature. You can, and then you go and do that. You, you, the way you got to phrase it is, you can hate follow me here. There you go. I got you. That's I'll, marketing. I'll accept that because it gets us engagement. I'm not mad about that. I will, I will happily leave a comment every time you post. That's like, I like Juliana, but hate everything this tweet involves. Okay, you know what? That's kind of valid. But real ones know that I grew up a Mets fan. Just letting you all know. Um, hey, but yeah, You're working that's... on the inside. I, I remember. It. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far, but um, but yeah, that's where you all can follow me. And thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Joey. I appreciate it. Uh, we're actually out of here for also for the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Orime. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. And we'll be back later this week, Friday, for BSB OT. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, and I want to take this time at the end of pod- this podcast and every podcast that I do to thank our NHL Insiders Offer Sheet Empty Net Hitters Club. That's right, renaming it the Empty Net Hitters Club because that's what we do. We hit empty nets. That's, that's what we do. Just solve problems, hit empty nets. Uh, without further ado, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Adam- Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Austin Beetleman, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggis Malone, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Broadway Blue Shirts Bleeder, I don't know why, you know why, there's three Bs. Chris Finelli, CJ Selwagen, Daniel Dezen, David Narodin, uh, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Darian, welcome back. Eric says, need more Panarin high kicks. We got one, Eric. Eric Stagg, give Gartner a cup. Gar- uh, Gretzky McFly, 
Handle, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hop Jorge 89, Ian Rodriguez, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, Jordan, Justin Friedman, Justin Starr, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Lizek Gronkowski, Luigi Ordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, legendary Matthew Kine, Max Nielsen, Mike Bucklaw, Neil Grover, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kodrev, Randy Tesser, and we, and we continue on page two. So many of you now. Steven Lomayer, Steve Bullbox, Swingard, The Drop BK, Thomas Wells, Tommy Sinclair, Tom Ernst Jr., The Legend, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, the original OG supporter, Upstate Vin, Vinny Bronco, Vinny Hay, Will Spector, and to round it out, I am not kidding, Winston, the Golden Retriever. Oh my goodness. All right, enough about that. Can the Rangers win a game by not dilly-dallying? Have you ever seen a team that has been consistently called over and over again? Just a team that looks like they're struggling, but still somehow wins these games. When they let up these first period goals, now I kind of laugh. It's like, oh, good. They want to, it's supposed to be an easy game for the New York Rangers. And yet here we are just yet again, another time where this, this team will have to fight back and do it. And they always do. It's, it's, it's sickening. It's, it's hard to watch. The bottom six is rough. Don't need to tell you that. You listen to this podcast. You know. But uh, Igor Shosturkin doesn't lose. It, he just doesn't do it. He refuses to. And I cannot wait to see him in a seven-game series. I will, I sent a text last night, and I will eat crow in this. And you're still listening to this podcast. Six of you will remember this. But uh, a good friend of the podcast named Dan texted me, and he goes, I just don't see how this team uh, does, does in the playoffs. You know, we, there's only really five or six players carrying this team, and one of them is Igor. Uh, and I responded with, I say they lose in the Easter Cup final in, in brutal fashion. They beat Carolina, they beat Pittsburgh, and they lose to Florida. So, that's my on-the-record projection. Uh, I'm sure we can never th- talk about that again when we lose in the first round, and we'll have a great time. We'll be back later this week, Friday afternoon, with a BSBOT because they play on Thursday night. Maybe even Thursday night if something magical happens. You'll, you'll hear from Greg and I. Who knows? And we'll go from there. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for the support of this stupid podcast we do. Bye.